Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we're listening to Rodalinda by Handel. And it's very Baroque, Pat. Well, <laughs> that's sort of Handel's deal. He's very Baroque. He is, well, I don't know if you want to say the culmination of the Baroque period, but he is a very prolific composer at the end of the period that we know as Baroque. Baroque being from roughly, roughly 1600 to 1750. I'll take your word on that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and Handel, um, by the way, most people will know him from the oft-played Handel's Messiah, which oh, is... Oh, yes, the, the holiday tradition. Interestingly, it, we, at least in the United States, is where I'm familiar with it, play it a lot at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It was originally composed for Easter time. Oh. An oratorio. Yeah, well, all related to church. Yeah. And I think a lot of his compositions were, but he was very, very prolific in terms of composing operas as well, most of which he composed and premiered in London, even though he himself is German and is Italian trained. I see. And this opera is performed in Italian. Yes, the all of it. Is in Italian. Yes, because that was what opera was. A lot of that concept carries through for, for quite a long time. But certainly in Handel's day, people were keenly aware that opera was Italian and it needed to be done in Italian. So, so whether you were German or French or yeah. Russian. If you wanted to get good at opera, but this is this is not even uncommon in the 19th century. If you mm-hmm. wanted to get good at opera, you went to Italy to train for a while. And that's exactly what Handel did. In fact, the librettist on this, Nicola Hamm, was born in Rome, but of German parents. So he's German born. But raised in Italy. Mm-hmm, and trained in Italy. So, yeah, that's Handel. That's a quick, <laughs> the, not really a serious look at the Baroque, but a quick at least identification of the Baroque. And one other thing to know is that he was actually born the exact same year as Bach, Handel was. Interesting. Eight, 1685. So, okay, so when I think of Baroque, mm-hmm. the reason that I kind of can identify it is because it sounds like church music to me. And Bach doesn't necessarily immediately bring church to mind. I think all the successful composers needed to do a certain amount of church-related music. Just to get the exposure, to get the sponsorship, to be able to keep the lights on? Or? Yeah, and I, and I also think that's part of what they were showing gratitude for their musical gifts. I think it's actually oh, right. true devotion as well. Right. Interesting. That's not me having researched or studied. That's me just... Uh, Making an educated guess. And if you ever sing in choirs, right, for heaven's sakes, True. most of that music, or certainly when I was doing it, most of the music that we were all handled was by these great composers, sure. and they were all devotional sorts of music. Lots of hallelujahs and all that. Right. <laughs> okay, well, so what are we going to, what What do we need to know in order to set up the story here to listen to our first aria? Well, this is int- an interesting opera in that it's not a mythological background, a mythological story, as so many of the ones in this period are, but it does deal with great personages. Everyone here is of the noble rank. Okay, so kings and queens and lords and ladies and dukes and duchesses and stuff. Precisely. Okay. Precisely. We we have kings and queens and dukes, no duchesses, but <laughs> yes. Is there a viscount? No, no viscount here. Dang no. it. <laughs> Sorry. It is set in Italy, in Milan. Uh, important to know that that's part of Lombardy because the 
action centers around a conflict over who's going to be in charge. Oh, and Lombardy is, is in American English, we would say Lombardy, like Vince Lombardi from the Green Bay Packers, right? Would we? Well, how's it spelled? L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I? Why? I huh. believe. Okay. Or maybe that's the English version. I don't Lombardy. know. Lombardy. Okay. Um, okay, now I'm confused. But <laughs> what we need to know here, and, and the audience members needed to know this as well before they started watching the opera, that there has been a war between two brothers. The father divided the empire, his his holdings, not empire, but his... His realm. Domain. He they he divided it between the two brothers Bertarido, who we will see in the opera. Okay. And I'm not even sure if I can pronounce this one, Gundoberto. But we don't need to worry <laughs> about too much about saying his name ever again because he died in the conflict that precedes the opera. Okay. And the important thing to know is his ally and next in command, Grimaldo, is a key character in this opera. Well, I see here on your notes that he's a tenor, which probably means that he's the romantic lead. Oh, you're in the wrong century. Get out! No, it, in the Baroque period, the tenors are not the romantic leads. Who are the romantic leads? You know the answer to this. Not the tenors? What's higher than a tenor? Oh, a, a mezzo-soprano? These are not, they didn't do trouser rolls at this point. So in Handel's day, it would have been a, a castrati. Oh, a castrati. The good guys. I mean, I maybe I'm oversimplifying here, but certainly my watching of of the operas that we've done, the Handel operas that we've done, the higher the voice for the men, the better guy they are. <laughs> so, um, in this version, opera's so weird. Well, you know, I I I'm still adjusting to the whole high male voice being the sort of the ideal husband and lover sure. that still takes a little bit of a big bit of suspension of disbelief on my part but that is that is how it was done so the tenor it's interesting you know what i'm just going to okay, leave it okay, there sorry, i'm yeah, going to leave it there the real let me put it this hole. way the real baddie is a bass which is normal yeah the real baddie is, well Actually, the real baddie in in more in the 19th century, those are baritones. Mm -hmm. But the baddie here is a bass. And the roles which were written for Castrati in Handel's day are played by countertenors, who in fact have the same range as mezzo-sopranos. Okay, countertenors, not Castrati. Countertenors, right. Because essentially it's men, very highly trained and skilled men, singing uh, Very. very well in a falsetto. I see. So it'll be interesting as we listen. You'll hear these two. There are two roles played by countertenors in this opera. And you'll hear and you think, well, they don't quite sound like women, but they also don't sound like a tenor. Sure. Other than the fact that the notes are higher. Okay. So I, I'm sorry. I led, we digressed. I led you down a rabbit hole. So we're talking about <laughs> Grimaldo, who's not. So basically, we have two factions in the war here. We have one of the brothers, Bertarido. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. The two brothers who were warring with each other to reconsolidate the realm that their mm-hmm. father had divided between them. One is, I, I mean, is, I'll just tell you, is dead, dead. And everyone believes the other one, Bertarido, is dead. They believe him to be dead. Mm. So 
the ally of the deceased brother, who was in fact given the city and the surrounding areas of Pavia in Lombardy. Berterito was given Milan. His second-in-command, Grimaldo, has assumed power, but it's it's an uncertain grasp of power. So his actions in the opera are to consolidate that hold on the kingdom that he's received. And that's going to be through trying to form a royal alliance. During the fighting, he was in fact promised to marry Bertarido's and the other deceased brother's sister, Edwige. And she's a character here in the in the opera. Okay. And when the scene opens, the first scene we see is Rodolinda, our, our title character, who is the wife of Bertarido, the deposed king of Milan. The people who they think is dead, but he's not. Yeah, that's and, we, we know that, wink, wink. Okay, and, But and she doesn't know that. So, she believes him to be dead as well. And so Grimaldo is his second in command. And did they have a, a good relationship or was it, or do we know? Grimaldo's not is the other brother's second in command, the warring brothers. So in other words, he has usurped the place of Bertarido. I see. And in fact, he is holding captive the widow of Bertarido, Rodolinda. Okay. Okay. So let's let's just we'll just that's way too much background. When we open the opera, the first scene we see is a woman in her bedroom, being held captive. Her son is nearby. Her, I would say, like seven to nine-year-old son is close by. She is, in the version I watched, she was chained. She was restrained to her room via a chain. And she is lamenting her husband's death. And she, she says, I have lost my beloved husband. Oh, perduto. Il caro sposo. So let's listen to that first aria by Rodolinda. All right, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to Rodolinda by Handel.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, we're listening to Rotolinda by Handel. And we've just heard our title character, Rotolinda, talking about losing her beloved husband. Yes, you can tell it was a song of lament. It was very moving. It was very sad. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a sad character at this point. But we see her perk up a little bit when into the room come Grimaldo, the guy in charge, the one who's imprisoned her, and his right-hand man, uh, the duke known as Garibaldo. Okay. Also walking in is her sister-in-law, Edwige. <laughs> Which is such a funny name. Well, I think of it like Edwina. Edwina, yeah. I don't know, but it sounds to me like that. But I wonder if they call her Edu for short. I have a friend named Edu. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, I, diver- I digress. As far as I can tell throughout the opera, she is Edwige. Edwige. So when Grimaldo walks in, the guy in charge, he addresses her and he says, Queen. And Rodolinda shoots back. How can you call me queen when you have imprisoned me, when you have robbed me of my kingdom and my consort? In other words, you killed my husband. Like, don't don't talk to me like that. Right. But Grimaldo says, oh, but queen, I can restore both to you. While your husband lived, I had to conceal my love. Uh-oh. But there's no need for that now. Uh. And Rodolinda's just, she kind of loses it with him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Would you also destroy my honor? And she's she's like, let there be no misunderstanding. I refuse the offer you are offering to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she goes on to explain. And she has, in fact, an aria, which we're not be listening to right now. You will not make a coward of me. I will not act dishonorably. And one comment here about the arias in this opera during this Baroque period is that, that the arias, as far as I can tell, the arias are statements of feeling and emotion and the recitative between the, it, there's, there's a very much clearer distinction than there are in later, later operas. Aria, boom, recitative, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the plot advances and sometimes quite quickly during the recitatives. But during the aria, everything kind of stops so that they can explore the emotions that they're having at that period in time. Mm. So she, she'll do a, an aria after that that's like, you will not make a coward of me. I will not act dishonorably. And that phrase will be repeated essentially three times where she continues on and embellishes it even more in the final. And, and as a singer, the singer will take liberties, add personal choices to, to singing it. So the same words are, are repeated again and again just for, for emphasis and musicality. So kind of like a coloratura, no, not coloratura. What is it when they... You're thinking of the bel canto yes. tradition. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I'm not a, a truly, I mean, here we are, but I'm not truly a student of opera, well-trained and all of that. But as I'm learning along, I, I saw the similarities between. Yeah, it's like the when in jazz, when the, when the vocalists scat and do the booty, the little improvisation. Yeah, I believe, I believe this is called a decapo aria. At any rate, let's carry on with our with our story. We uh, shall. Yes. So Grimaldo confers a little bit with Garibaldo. Have you ever seen such a um, such a fair woman scorn you? And uh, maybe Gr- it's because you've got her imprisoned. 
that might have something to do with <laughs> well, it. Well, that might have something to do with it. And there's also the issue of Edwina. Sorry, why did I call her Edwina? Edwige, because I've done that in my brain. Um, Edwige, who, who actually is in love after having been betrothed with Grimaldo, She's quite in love with him, though clearly they are not married yet. And she reminds Grimaldo that she's like, "Hey, I'm over here. Uh, you're you're me, me. Yeah. You're supposed to be with me. <laughs> Pay attention me. to me." And and he says, "But you you wouldn't marry me when I wanted to." She's like, "My brother had just died. There are mourning rituals to be observed, right. sir." She's like, "Give me a minute." R- exactly. But he's he's like, well, that you rejected me. She's like, I didn't reject you. I was mourning my brother's passing. Mm. Two brothers, by the way. Right. Right. The two brothers who had died. And she says, I am the true princess. So she's reminding him, you know, actually, she's just the wife of the guy in charge mm-hmm. or the widow. I'm actually the sister. Right. So you should really marry. You know, she's even trying to pull in politics here. You should marry me because I am the true princess she says, it's okay, we'll let her son, we'll let uh, Bertarido's son become king, but we'll just rule as regents. And Grimaldo is not very interested in this proposition. Hmm. So we're going to be introduced to Grimaldo, our tenor, where he says, I once loved you, but you hesitated. All right, so if you're just tuning in, this is an aria by the character Grimaldo, in Handel's Rotolinda on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, <laughs> 
for everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and that was the character Grimaldo in Rotolinda by Handel. And what was he saying, Pat? He was not super happy with Edwige, who was in love with him, but she was like, Yes, you rejected me, and you will not share my throne now. Let's listen to Edwige. Her response? Is this her right here? Well... We're going to listen to an aria called Lo Faro, I Shall Do It, because Garibaldi says, you know, I've noticed that you have shown some interest in me. So let's let's get revenge on Grimaldo. And she says, cruel man, take your ungrateful, treacherous heart and go. She says that to Grimaldo. And then in front of him, she says, you, Garibaldo. You are my heart's desire. So she's just really ticked at Grimaldo, even though she still loves him. She's, uh, she's playing that game. So she is going to play the game with Garibaldo. He's like, I love you, girl. Let's like, let's hurt Grimaldo. And yeah. even though she doesn't love him, she's like, okay, let's play this game. Because she's really annoyed yeah. with the one she actually loves, the one she's betrothed to officially. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's introduce Edwige. Okay. Yeah. And things like this never go wrong. No, never. They never end up badly. I think there's other stuff that's going to go more wrong, though. <laughs> this is going to be the least of her problems? Uh, probably, yeah. Si 
So that was Edwige. Yes, she's a woman who knows her mind. And she was telling Grimaldo, like, all right, Grimaldo, you're not in love with me. I'm not in love with you either. Right. I'm in love with Garibaldo. Right, right. Or at least I'm going to marry Garibaldo. Right. Ha ha ha. And she's left and Garibaldo is left to tell us his mind. And he's like, I, I don't really love Edwige, Edwige, you deceive yourself to think that my flattery means I love you. It's the crown that I seek. I'm wooing you because I'm trying to be the guy in charge. So the second hand man to Grimaldo is totally ready to betray Grimaldo. Right. Totally ready to do that. In fact, I think we need to hear our bass, Garibaldo, sing his aria. We'll get to introduce him, let him introduce himself vocally. And it's with a song where he explains, I use love's wiles to capture the throne. Love itself can merely capture the heart. I will stifle love with deceit. Let you know right there what kind of guy he is. Mm. And he says, besides, indulging in love would only hold me back. Yeah, that sounds like a, just a great big liability. And now I'm going to attempt my uh, Spitalian, which ooh, this is a good one. Di Cupido. Impiego Ivani. Huh. I'll use love's why. Well, yeah, okay. Here we go. So this is Garibaldo telling us that he's not actually a very nice person. He doesn't care about love. He just wants to have power. And this is from the opera Rodolinda by Handel on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Perché 
So that was Garibaldo. Yes, in his cynical way, explaining to us what motivates him. Power. Yeah. So now we have a change of scene. Okay. And we're outdoors, and we see a new character. Who oh, is this new character, Pat? It's a man dressed in everyday clothing, not kingly clothing. So he's just a guy. Well... Hanging out in Milan. Or he's just looking like he's just a guy. Oh, he's in disguise. Yes, because we have no just a guys in this opera. Right. Okay. We're very efficient with our characters. <laughs> well, we, I mean, if you're going to put someone on stage, they need to be of high status, don't they? Right. Okay. <laughs> Nobility. So it, it's Bertarido in disguise come back to his kingdom. And what, what, what happens next? <laughs> well, he's got to let us know what's going on. <laughs> because he is looking at this monument that's been erected to him in honor of him because he's dead, dead, right? He says, with this pretense of grief, you preserve my likeness and my name. Yet you only flatter the pride of the conqueror. And he goes on to read the inscription on the plaque that's about to be mounted on this monument to mm -hmm. him. The inscription says, Bertarido was king. Defeated by Grimaldo, he fled. Oh, dear. So it's kind of a backhanded way of honoring the guy. Like, yeah, he was king, but then this other guy won. It's kind of like they erected the statue just to humiliate him. Yeah. Far away he lies. May his soul find rest, his ashes peace. And he says, oh, cruel stars, must I always wage war against hardship and torment? He's, he's lamenting a bit here. Yeah. His own fate and the way he's being depicted mm -hmm. in memoriam. But the good news is he's not actually he's dead. He's not actually dead. He's still alive. So then his thoughts turn to his wife, whom he loves dearly. And this is one of the most celebrated arias in the opera, Dove Sei, Amato Bene, Where Are You, My Beloved? Oh, did I just do Italian? Yeah, I think you did. I was going to say that was pretty good. <laughs> Dove Sei. <laughs> Maybe I've listened to this aria a few times in preparation. So just a reminder, this is our hero, our lead heroic male. It's a Baroque opera. So this is originally written for a castrato. A castrato. And he is a countertenor, which okay. is a similar range. It's essentially a highly trained male voice singing in falsetto. Okay. Well, let's have a listen. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1. K-H-O-L. <laughs> 
Well, that was a man who loves his wife very much. That was Bertarido, the deposed, presumed dead, but not really dead, and we king were, of Milan. Of Milan. And we were talking while the music was playing. Yes, we were. How <laughs> jarring it is to hear that's a, that's a male. That's Not only is it a male role, but it's also played by a man who is generally a baritone. Well, I don't know if they're generally a baritone, but one version that I saw, I know they, the, but, but most of his opera work, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just know the one that I saw in, uh, in the Met production. Right. And Where his normal everyday his, voice is quite low, but then he performs as yeah, a countertenor. Speaking voice, but I think a good countertenor is hard to find. So if you can do that, you can get roles that other need countertenors. Yeah, other people won't. It's a competitive thing. Yeah, I imagine. I don't. I don't. Haven't looked that much into it, but it is jarring that that voice was, a man. you know, the manly man who's supposed to be the best fighter, the 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 husband of this Rodalinda. There we have it, and he has sung, "Where are you, my beloved? Come and comfort my soul. I am overcome with grief. My laments will not end until you are beside me." And that is the entire text of what was sung in that lengthy song because it gets repeated. He just keeps singing it over and over. Right, right. And then his buddy comes in, who, by the way, is must be a very clever, useful man because he is one of the main counselors to the usurper, to Grimaldo, but mm-hmm. he is Bertarido's best buddy, best buddy and friend. He is the only person on earth who knows that Bertarido is still alive. Oh. And this is Unolfo. Okay. And Unolfo comes and and answers his question when he says, how is Rodelinda? And she said, oh, she suffered greatly. She grieves for you. Your son suffers as well. And Bertarudo is stunned. He says, well, why haven't you told her I'm alive? And he says, oh, no, no. It's much safer for them to believe you are dead because otherwise Grimaldo will do what he can to kill you for sure. So you you have to remain hidden, he says. But Bertarudo says, but wait, wait, here they are. They're coming and they're coming to pay homage to Bertarudo, dead father and husband at this monument. Oh, oh, Rodolinda and his son. Rodolinda and Flavio, the son, oh. come to to grieve at the monument. And his buddy, Ilnofo, says, my friend, you've got to go hide. Right. It's not safe for her if you let yourself be seen. So he resigns himself to the good advice of Ilnofo, and he hides himself. And, and Rodolindo sings a song of mourning, shade trees, sorrowful tombs, you would be the delight of my heart. And she's just on and on, and she's just grieving piteously. It's it's so sad to watch her here. <laughs> and and then she kisses the tomb, and Garibaldo comes in and sings his little bit, vain and useless kisses, after she's kissed the monument. He says, you know, you could get back your kingdom. He's always the, the practical, right. power-seeking guy. Yeah. He says... All you have to do is comply with Grimaldo's demands and embrace your fate, marry him, and uh, put everything right. And she's not having any of this. She's just like, no, I, I will not do that. And she says, I have nothing to fear from you. And Garibaldo grabs Flavio, the child. Oh, no. And he holds a knife t- <gasps> to him. 
You're kidding. And he says, let this danger make you less proud and more sensible. You Mm. decide. You can have the throne for your son, or you can have your son's death. So in the face of this man planning to murder the son, she relents. But after she relents, she thinks a minute and she says, well, Garibaldo, when I have the throne, one of the first things I'll do is I will make sure you die. She's like, well, once I'm in power, you are such a vile person. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that power. And he's like, okay, whatever. Well, we don't really get to hear his response immediately, but we do get to hear a really nice aria from Rodolinda. Telling him that, yes, you will die. Okay. I'm not even going to attempt that Italian. (laughs) Okay. Moresi. Yes, you will die. Your head will serve as a step to the throne. That's more of the text there.
was Rodelinda, yes, you will die when I become queen. So she's like, okay, this is a crummy situation, but this is the best I can do. Take that, Grimaldo. So remember who is in hiding, watching all and listening to all of this. Bertarito, her beloved. Bertarito and his uh, faithful companion, Unolfo. Unolfo. And Bertarito turns to Unolfo quietly and says, what? At his first threats? At his first strike, she submits? Uh-oh. Is this fidelity? Uh. And Donofo's like, oh, uh, I think we maybe we better tell her that you're alive. And he says, no. Then her fidelity would be a necessity and not a virtue. He says to Bertarito, take heart. I, I will find some comfort for you. I'll... I'll figure out a way to, to make sure that this is all right and you'll be fine. He says, for a strong, brave heart, the blows of fate are harsh. Yes, but they are not fatal. So. But does it? I mean, it was his son, too, right? That the. that. Yeah, but Grimaldo he's was... not really focusing on that. Right. I mean, yeah. yes, you're right. I don't actually how, understand how he could have observed this and just be angry at her. But, right. But that's exactly what happens. And Bertarito will tell us, yes, let my faithless wife still believe me dead. Let her offer a new husband the faith she once pled to me. Mm. And he sings an aria where he says, let all witness the shame of this faithless wife who mocks me even as she mourns me. With false sighs, she frets and grieves. She mourns me while I live. Yet as I live, she will kill me. And so he, he's ending, this is ending of act one, and he's furious at Rodelinda, whom we just saw in a number of ways right. showing her devotion to him. Right. And it was only under the threat of killing the son. And why that doesn't move him, I'm not quite well, sure. Well, and he clearly didn't hear the part where she said, okay, I'll marry you, but then I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, not marry him. Grim, uh, that was Garibaldi advocating for Grimaldo. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I know. But I, if they had started the names with different letters, it would I have know. been easier right. for us all, I think. And now we're ready for Act 2. Okay. So what happens next? Oh, <laughs> I was hoping you would ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a bit more plot to talk through before we get to our first aria. How many acts is this? Just two? It's a three-act opera. Oh, it's three. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a three-act opera. So, Edwige. We, we come in and we find Edwige and, he, and she says... Grimaldo rejects me and pretends to love Rodolinda, letting us know where we stand. If she doesn't guard her son's future, should I myself ascend the throne? Grimaldo, beloved villain, treacherous lover. And while she's doing all this, Garibaldi, as I like to think of it, he slithers in. Garibaldo, excuse me. And he says, well, I can help you gain the throne. Edwige. And he slithers out again. 
And now in this room where people keep coming and going, we have Rodelindo and Grimaldo. And Grimaldo says, Rodelinda, is it true? Will you marry me? She says, yes, I surrender. But I have one condition. What and is Grimaldo's that? like about to get everything he wants. He's like, oh, yeah, name it. You can have anything except the death of Garibaldo. She know, He knows that she hates him. Oh. And she's like, well, never mind. I would not dignify such a vile man with my anger. But I, I want you to prove your villainy and your cruelty. So here's my one condition, and I stand by it. With your own hand and before my own eyes, you must kill my son. <gasps> that is my condition. She is one gutsy lady. I am waiting to find out what the strategy is on this. She says, I cannot be the mother to the true king while I am wife to a tyrant. I will not embrace both my son and his enemy. So she's saying, yes, I may have submitted to you, but I'm not doing it willingly. And I'm not doing it because I have any affection for you. I think you're vile and cruel. And right now, if you want what you want, you're going to have to prove how vile and cruel you are. She says, you must understand if you become my husband and I your consort, I marry vengeance and you marry death. So she is, she is just all in here. And Grimaldo is incredulous. He can't believe that this is happening. And she, she's tough and she stands with it. <laughs> and he backs down. Really? Like he doesn't want to marry her? No, like he doesn't want to slay her son in front of her. Well, yes. So he's not going to do that so that he won't. And then he won't marry her. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. So she turned Garibaldo's tactics. Against them. Against them. And here's where you get just a little clue into the fact that the deepest, cruelest person in the show is Garibaldo, and Grimaldo has some tiny bit of scruple. Mm-hmm. Because all along, Garibaldo's like, do what you got to do for power. Do what you got to do for power. Kill whoever you have to kill. Mm-hmm. But Grimaldo doesn't necessarily. There's a certain that. distance where Grimaldo will not go. Rodolinda goes on and she says, listen, I'm the only person who gets my love is my son. You, you will get torment and suffering only from me. My arms could never embrace that vicious man who caused my every misfortune. So does he put her back in jail? Well, she's still a captive. She's oh, been she's a captive all, all along. I mean, she wasn't like in a dungeon. She was... Like in a tower. Like house arrest kind of a deal. Right. She had an ankle bracelet on. So we now have Grimaldo with his counselor, mm -hmm. who happens to be Unolfo. You know, his two advisors are Garibaldo and Unolfo. Oh, I see. Okay. And so he's chatting with Unolfo at this point, And he says, oh, I wish that my feelings for her would fade. And Unolfo says, summon your honor, my lord. Because Unolfo, even though now he's working for Grimaldo. He's still loyal. He, we, we see his, thing. yeah, we see the, the quality of, of him show through as opposed to Garibaldo, who's always like, kill whoever you have to do. Power, power, sure. power is what it's all about. But Grimaldo says, you're going to love this line. 
Her unwavering fidelity makes me want her more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Unolfo advises, well, admire the beauty of her soul, but do not pursue her. And Garibaldo says, don't be taken in by her dissembling. Accept her condition. In other words, go ahead. Yeah, just kill the kid. Doesn't and matter. once you accept the condition, she'll back down, he says. Call her bluff. That's what Garibaldo advises. Okay, so as we near the end of the first half of today's episode, where Grima- do you want to leave it? Grimaldo has said a lovesick heart neither hears nor heeds the voice of virtue. So he's aware of virtue and vice. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Right. <laughs> You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to Rodelinda by Handel. listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, and me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode.
Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. We're listening to Rotolinda by Handel. And Pat, do you want to? Oh, no. I forget. I always forget. I walk straight into it. You always do. I'm not quite sure why you do, but it's opera helmet time. Time for you to put on that opera helmet and recap what we know so far about this opera. Okay. Well, this is a tough one, so I'll do my best. But um, okay, so we're set in Milan in... Um, obviously in Italy in sort of the 1700s. Uh, actually, I think it's 7th century it's meant to be. 7th century. Okay. And we've got our title character, Rodolinda. She's a queen. She's the widow of the uh, king Bertorito, who is the son of the previous ruler. And he and his brother, who is dead, each got part of his father's kingdom. And he is engaged in a battle or he had been engaged in a battle for control of the kingdom with his brother's second-in-command, Grimaldo, who was battling him for power, and then everyone believes that Bertorito died in a battle with Grimaldo. We've since learned that he actually was not dead. He was just missing, and he came back and saw a statue of himself that said, like, he was a king, but then Grimaldo defeated him, and he died in... Uh, shame and humiliation. And Grimaldo's second-in-command, Garibaldo, is trying to convince Rodolinda that she should just go ahead and marry Grimaldo because then she'll be queen and her son will then go on to be king as he would have before. But he is using a heavy-handed approach and saying, well, if you're not going to marry him, I'm just going to kill your kid. And she said, okay, fine, I'll marry him. Meanwhile, Edwige, who is the sister of Bertorito and the other dead king is in love with Grimaldo and he had been betrothed to Edwige prior to her brother's death and she wants to marry Grimaldo even though he's kind of a jerk and then the two advisors to Grimaldo Garibaldo the baddie and Unulfo the good guy are left trying to advise Grimaldo if he should go ahead and marry Rodolinda. And Unolfo is saying, yes, you should. Garibaldo is saying, well, you should tell her that the condition of marrying her is that... Oh, no, wait. Did I get this all backwards? Yeah, it got a little confused. You were doing great. You were doing totally great. Okay, it let, is... me, let me retry. So, okay. so Rodolinda tells Grimaldo, okay, I'll marry you, but I know that you're that you have a dark heart, and I want everybody else to know that you have a dark heart, so I'll only marry you if you kill my son. In front of me. In front of me, and Grimaldo says, no way, I'm not going to do that. And then we come to Act 2, right? That was the end of Act 1? Oh, no, that's in Act 2 already. That's in Act 2 already, okay. So we're already in Act 2. And so Grimaldo goes back to his advisors, Garibaldo and and Unulfo, and says, so she's telling me that in order to marry me, I've got to kill, or, you know, I've got to kill her son. And Anofo's like, no, that's awful. And Garibaldo's like, whatever, kill him. That's okay. No big deal. And besides, once you accept the command that she's given, you'll call her bluff. She'll back down. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we are. Right. So it's time for another aria. Let's hear from Garibaldo, where he sings, tyranny gained him the kingdom. With cruelty, he will retain it. Severity, not mercy is the basis of power. Sounds a little Machiavellian, doesn't it? I know. It? It's like, I'm, I, well, I'm really looking forward to living under that kind of rule. <laughs> All right, here's Garibaldo. Tyranny gained him the kingdom. 
tuned in you're listening to opera for everyone on 89.1 khol and we're listening to rotolinda by handel and that was garibaldo yes telling us what he believes is important he's a baddie he is a baddie and he's advising the guy in charge to be tyrannical to be ruthless and now we have a moment with unolfo Who's the good guy? Who's the good advisor? Who is the advisor? He's sort of carried on this role within the kingdom, now advising the new fellow, but he remains steadfastly loyal to the old king, presumed dead, but not really dead, Bertarido. And he will say, he's a scoundrel, that Garibaldo. I know what he wants. I'm not betrayed. You betrayed the true king, Bertarido, and now you plan to betray his usurper, Grimaldo, he's like, I can see you're playing it all because we've seen him as he cozies up to the sister of the two Edwige mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the two brothers who died contesting for power. He says, Meanwhile, to console Bertarido's loving heart, Bertarido, who remains in disguise and in hiding, I will lead Rodelinda to him. 
and he will see her unwavering constancy. Because Onofo has been at court this whole time, and he has seen the suffering and and the the true loyalty. Right, right, because Bertorito thinks that she doesn't, she's she's not been faithful, or she she is willing to betray him. Um, Right, because he sees the moment where she does back down when... By the way, and Garibaldo would have slit the boy's throat if right. she didn't back down. And she knows that. She knows that. And I think we get to hear from Unolfo right now when he says, through the terrible tempest that batters his heart. That's the first line. And it is followed by, shines a portent of peace. A guiding star appears. And that star which dispels every cloud of sorrow is the faith of his beloved. And it shines ever more brightly. So he is... He's really cheering along yeah, the, uh, he's the trying couple to here. Make things happen. He's like the, the the good angel on the shoulder. He the... he is, and just a reminder: he, Unolfo also a countertenor, so a high voice. Okay, so don't be surprised. Yes. Okay, so that was Anolfo talking about his feelings about how he wants Bertorito and Rodolinda to reunite and be happy and everything to be great again. Absolutely. And it's going to be followed by another aria where our character lets us know his feelings. And we're going to see Bertorito again talking about his sadness that things are not working out too well. And while he is lamenting, even talking about the fact that he is lamenting, mm-hmm. Edwige is going to enter. Oh, and she doesn't know that he's alive. No, and she says, I hear the voice of my brother. And she 
listens for a while where he can't see her and she she can't believe it. My brother is alive. And Berterito looks at Edwige and says, I am a changed man. I used to have a throne, a family, a wife. Along with the ideals of faithfulness and loyalty, now all that is left is a memory to add to my sorrow. Mm. Sounds like he's having a little bit of a pity party. <laughs> a little bit of a pity party. Um, because his wife didn't want to kill their child. I'm sorry. I right. realize I'm taking right. her side here. But <laughs> let's put things in perspective. Edwige says, buck up, brother of mine. You will have your throne again. You will reign. Bertorito the kingdom is not the object of my desire or of my disguise. In feigning death, my only design was to steal from the tyrant much dearer prizes, my wife and my son, and take them far from here into exile. But envious fate denies me even that happiness. I return wretched only to hear that a faithless wife betrays me. Ugh. Edwige, gotta love Edwige. That is a lie. Rodolinda is faithful. And Bertorito, for the first time, seems hopeful. Are you telling me the truth? Oh, she loves only you. She only gave in to Grimaldo to save her son. You must know everything. Let me tell you all. And at this point, guess who comes on the scene? Rodolinda? Is my husband alive? Unolfo says, yes, my lady. My heart can barely contain my joy. They embrace, they kiss, he falls to his knees, and Bertorito says, ah, I must beg your forgiveness for my mistaken suspicions. So, oh, well, that's good. That, so they weren't, like, on the fritz for long. And yeah. She never even knew they were on the fritz, so that's she, good. She didn't really know, and she said, oh, we're good, we're good. And he's like, yeah, we're good, we're good. And now Grimaldo walks in and sees Rodolinda hugging and kissing this man. Oh. Who is wearing a peasant's clothes. And, and yeah, and that's, that's going to scramble his brain. Well, Grimaldo goes, well, here is the chaste Rodolinda. <laughs> is this fidelity? Is this fidelity you swore to your husband, Rodolinda? Who's this man you're kissing and hugging here in the garden? And Berterito straightens himself up and says, Grimaldo, you are wrong to accuse her of impurity. Her kiss was an honorable one. She embraced her husband. I am Berterito. <laughs> you, you got kind of a little bit of an Italian accent there when you really got into it, Pat. <laughs> and Rodolinda says, that man is lying. So she knows. Oh, she wants to cover it up because she thinks Grimaldo will then kill him right away. Exactly. She's like, what are you doing? Is what's going through her head. Right. He's lying. Grimaldo says, Berterito is dead. Rodolinda said, well, to save my honor, this man said he was my husband. He's trying to help me out. And Berterito is not going to play along with this in any way. He says, for proof that I am not pretending, see how she prizes my life more than her own. Grimaldo's like, Hmm, he must be right. <laughs> and he yells to his guards, take him into custody, be he lover or spouse. I will allow you one more embrace, honorable or not. This embrace will be his last. So it's all weird. Like, why would he let them hug again? And then why is he going to put him in jail? Why didn't he just try to kill him? 
So now we have the one and only duet in this opera. Not a common occurrence in these Baroque operas. Oh. So we're going to have... Handel the Innovator. Yeah, Handel the Innovator. We are going to have this lovely duet between husband and wife who are reunited. This is the final piece of music in the second act, and it is I Embrace You. Oh, jeepers. And so the Italian would be lo tabra lo oh yo yo tabraccio I embrace you oh I, I like that tabraccio if you just tuned in you're listening to opera for everyone on eighty nine one K H O L and we're listening to Rodolinda by Handel.
So that was Rodolinda and Berta Rito expressing their love for one another. Well, just as they've been reunited. Now they're going to be separated again. They're going to be separated, and um, the husband she thought was dead is now being put in prison to await execution by his rival. Grimaldo. Yeah, kind of rough stuff here. So... We're going, that was the end of Act Two, and we're going to start Act Three. And we'll see Unolfo and Edwige speaking to each other. Actually, Edwige in the beginning is going to be writing a piece of paper and closing a dagger and sending it off. And she is to her brother secretly sending a dagger to her brother who's being held in the prison cell to await execution. Like, this might help you. Yep. So she's sneaking it past security. Yeah, she is. She is. Absolutely. It's actually kind of interesting how she is given free reign of the of the grounds. And in fact, she's chatting now with Unolfo and he says, oh, yeah, Grimaldo gives me access to the prison. And Edwige pulls out a key and says, OK, this key opens a door to a secret tunnel to the royal garden. Help my brother find that passage, and I will await you in the garden with Rodolinda and Flavio, their son, and they can then escape. And Unolfo says, but what if they arrive before they take us, before us to take him away? And Edwige says, it's okay, I, I sent him a weapon so he can protect himself in the meantime. So there, those two are who are loyal to the true king, Berterido. By the way, in these classical operas, we exalt the true king because that's what Tradition, we do. Tradition, legacy. Okay, so Anolfo and Edwige are on the side of the true king. And they've made their plan. Mm -hmm. So let's get rid of them. And now we're going to hear a little conversation between Grimaldo and Garibaldo. The two bad guys. One worse than the other. <laughs> and Garibaldo. Our, the our, real bad guy. The, the lower the voice, the badder the guy. Yes, um, either this Bertarido is an imposter or our allies deceive us. Whoever he is, he must die so that your throne is safe. Yeah, Garibaldo. Huh. For, life is pretty black and white for him. And Grimaldo, and I think this is actually a key line in the, in the libretto uh, letting us know about Grimaldo. He says, my mind is beset now with suspicion. Now love, then hope, then fear, then by ambition, then lust for power. And Garibaldi says, yes, that's the one, lust for power. That must prevail over all other feelings. Be he real or false, your fear will die with Bertarido. Sounds like an ad campaign. Right? Are we going to listen to that? No, we, we got we to gotta keep, keep moving. moving. There's okay. so much music in this opera. <laughs> but G Garibaldo says, you've got to kill him because you can't possibly win her if her husband's alive. Don't you see? They all hate you. Rodolinda and Edwige unite in their anger to ruin you. Kill the villain or lose your kingdom. So then we're going to get a little bit of, we're not listening to this. We're going to work our way keep up to moving. the next one. He's going to sing a song racked with suspicion, love, and fear. That's Grimaldo, of course, because he's beginning to doubt what he's doing. He's afraid. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what he wants, how he wants it all to play out because the stakes are high. The issues are real and they're important. And we're going to move then to Berterido. 
where he laments his fate again, how he's in this terrible position because he's in prison now just because he wanted to be with his wife and he wouldn't dishonor her by saying she would let by another saying, man yeah, kiss by her. denying who, she, who he was. And at, at this point, while he's lamenting, he finds the sword that has mm-hmm. been sent by that his Adige sister. Sent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this, this is good. It's good protection. And then he hears somebody in the prison cell, somebody rustling around and he grabs him and he stabs him. And it's his brother. Well, it's his best friend, Unolfo. Oh, right. He stabs Unolfo, but Unolfo's like, it's okay. I understand you didn't mean it. Your life is more important than this wound. We we must go here. I have some clothes for you to put on and escape. Change your clothes. And and then they kind of hobble out of there. He's been stabbed, but he's not, you know. He's not mortally wounded. He's Well, we don't know if it's mortal or not, but he's 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 still. He's holding it together. He's holding it together. Edwige and Rodolinda mm-hmm. arrive, and they find the blood-stained clothing. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. So we get another song of sadness from Rodolinda. There's so much confusion in this opera. <laughs> oh, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. And we get back to Grimaldo, who lets us know, uh, three furies rule my heart, jealousy, rage, and love, and remorse howls to torment me usurper villain tyrant and he's yearning for peace he decides at the end here he's kind of losing it he just doesn't know he's like he's all over the place and at the end he says peace of mind is that's more precious than any throne and so he goes and he's sort of out in the fresh air near this monument and he sings this song a shepherd of a humble flock can sleep peacefully here's where he's yearning for some peace in Mm -hmm. his inner being. And this is the aria we're going to listen to. And in Italian, it is. Pastorello d'un povero armento. So let's hear his lullaby to himself, sung by Grimaldo. Thank you. 
Such a lovely little Baroque ending there. Well, it was a it was a lullaby. It literally was a lullaby to himself. He says, happy in the shade of a beech or laurel. I govern a great kingdom, but can find no rest under a canopy of velvet and gold. There is no rest. And he ultimately succumbs and he falls asleep. So maybe Grimaldo isn't as much of a bad guy as I thought he was. He's, con- he's a conflicted man. He's kind of coming around a little. He's a conflicted man, and as he falls asleep, after this passionate expression of desire for peace in his heart, because this constant fighting and tension is, has gotten to him, guess who slithers in? Garibaldo. Garibaldo slithers in. Now, when you sleep, of course, you take your sword off. Uh-oh. And Garibaldo sees his sword, and he grabs it, and he gets in a position to murder him in his sleep. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the kind of aid Where you want to have. Where did that come from? Because Garibaldo's, by whatever mean, Garibaldo is just scheming wants, for the throne. Yeah, he just wants it, so he's going to do whatever it takes. That's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Garibaldo even lets us know what's in his heart, as if we didn't know Oh, kind fate favors me with his own sword. By the same hand that raised him up, let him now die. And Grimaldo wakes up, and he's startled, and he looks at Garibaldo about to slay him and says, I am betrayed. Where is my sword? And guess who comes in to save him? Uh, Unulfo. Berterito. Shut it. Yeah, it's true. Really? It is completely true. He walks in, 
Garibaldo's ready and he says, die, tyrant. And Berterito hits the sword out of his way and he says, it is you who must die, traitor. And the two of them have a sword, a sword fight. Grima, uh, sorry, Garibaldo and Berterito. And, and Grimaldo's still like waking up from his slumber. He's like, wait, wait, who saved me? Berterito? It was Batman. Rodolinda says, uh, no, no, that wasn't Berterito. It was Batman. You killed him. You killed him. <laughs> and, and it just like, honestly, Only she's still trying to protect Is him. Is she wearing a mustache and nobody no. recognizes her at all? No, she's trying really hard to protect her husband. And finally she sees him. By the way, Garibaldo has died. Mm -hmm. And Rodolinda says, can it be? Am I dreaming? And Berterito, ever the man with the bravado, says, Okay, Grimaldo, here's your sword, stained with the blood of your friend. He's out of the way. He's betrayed us both. And now you can avenge his blood. He was your friend. I killed him. Here's your sword. Go ahead and kill me. That seems kind of bold. Berterito is nothing if not bold. Well, but does he even have a weapon? I mean, did yeah, he, he's got a weapon. Did he sneak in a fruit knife? <laughs> Wait, is this, is this like Tosca or wasn't that Tosca that killed the guy with the fruit knife? Yeah, yeah, she does. She kills Scarpia with a fruit knife. But that's a different opera and a different century okay, so altogether. Has a weapon or whatever. And so he's he's, gonna... he's he's tossed it and uh, towards. Grimaldo, this man who's been cruel and who's put his wife in a terrible position, and he said, and he's the man of honor, Berterito. Right, and they usually lose because they're trying to do the right thing, and then they're up against. These well, he villains. did the right thing, where he he killed the man who's trying the real to bad guy. The you know he he he's trying to save the guy who's about to be you know slain essentially in his sleep or in his stupor, and he sings this song right now, this aria called Vivi Tirano, Live Tyrant. Oh. And this is Berterito. Okay, so if you've just tuned in, we're listening to Rodolinda by Handel on today's episode of Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Thank you. 
was a man singing. I know. It's kind of hard to imagine. That is our our countertenor. You heard, I, you heard it drop down yeah, just you could momentarily. Hear it occasionally where, where you could tell that it was a totally, it sounded totally different. So there's lots of passion there. Let me just tell you the line, besides live tyrant, let me tell you the lines that he's saying singing. over and over again. He says, live tyrant, I have saved you now, ungrateful one. Kill me, kill me, invent your anger. I wanted to save you only to show that despite my misfortunes, and they're big, my heart is ruled by compassion. Wow. Yeah. Like, I'm the bigger man, as it were. Yeah. And I, even though I sing like a woman. <laughs> he doesn't. There's no, there's no acknowledgement of that here, because this is simply the way it was done. The heroic male. But it's, I can't imagine singing in that i mean if your regular speaking voice is like you sound like a man and then you have to sing an entire aria like that it sounds so challenging i'm i can only believe it is very very challenging i mean for those them. high notes i know and it's he pulls it off beautifully beautifully so you know it occurs to me we didn't actually say that much about about handel and the premiere of this and even though we're sort of near the end of the show I mentioned that Handel yeah. lived most of his professional life in London. He actually, even though he's born German, lives in Italy, he becomes a naturalized citizen in England. Oh, really? Mm hmm And this opera, along with another one, Rotolinda, along with another one that we've done here on Opera for Everyone, uh -huh. Tamerlano. Tamerlano. Mm hmm And the Julius Caesar opera, which I won't even attempt to pronounce in Italian. Uh, Giulio Cesare. Yes, those are all written in a very short period of time in 1724 and 1725, ah. with about eight or nine months between each. So he was working quickly. 
he was working very quickly. And these are these are some of the three most performed Handel operas currently. So Tom Erlano, Julius Caesar, and Rodolinda. That's right. Okay. That's right. So right, 1724, 1725. And this premiered in, Rodolinda premiered in London in 1725. 25. 25. Okay. I believe in February, if that matters. <laughs> And and then after 1736, so not that much longer again, it wasn't staged in any theater of any size again until 1920. So almost two centuries go by because mm-hmm. Baroque opera is so out of favor in spite of... Now, Bar- now some Baroque music, like the Messiah and some of his oratorios... Sure, but that's different than an opera. But that's different from an opera. And it wasn't until 1920... That it that it gets uh, staging again in a proper theater. Wow, it's really really amazing. It's and surprising because it's actually quite easy to listen to. It's lovely, isn't it? But it's a style which is a little more unnatural. The fact that the all the arias are just they're just songs and exploring then in between, their feelings right. about yep. one thought. They're not you know carrying them right they're not moving the plot along as quickly as maybe some other arias do because they're just kind of saying the same thing over and over and over again exactly and you can and you can argue that it was people like gluck and ultimately mozart who really changed the game for Mm -hmm. opera in terms of what they say are the expectations and then this seems kind of contrived and fake and, and assuredly not modern to people even by the end of the 18th century right so it's kind of like when like neon colors go out of fashion and then they come back into fashion so it's like baroque went out of fashion for 200 years and then they were like oh we'll give this a shot again right i guess kind of like that just bell like bottoms neon colors and bell bottoms or i don't know tie-dye paisley it. fabrics i love it i love it well let us listen to a little bit more oh, actually a little more story to fill you in on okay so remember unolfo remember how we left him he was bleeding. He was bleeding. So did he make it? He he is brought in on a stretcher, Unolfo. Oh. But he's able to speak and he turns to Grimaldo and says, Do you have any Neosporin? <laughs> Spare his life, Grimaldo. And Edwige piles on, yes, Grimaldo, yield to him and dedicate the life he spared. Dedicate your life to mercy. And Grimaldo turns to Unolfo, his advisor. Yeah. Well, if you are Bertarito's friend, then he is my friend as well. Wow. He's a changed man. Yeah, there's a big shift here. Big shift. Well, he all of that soul searching. Right, I guess. And the sleep. And then the fact that this man jumps in to save him, even though, think about it, Bertarito, at his own peril, jumps in to save Grimaldo from being assassinated and then doesn't kill him himself. Right. And he expounds on his values. And Grimaldo was already sort of struggling with what was going on. And and it turns the tide here mm-hmm. when he sees this dignified, honorable, great example set by Bertarito. And Grimaldo, once he says this, turns to Edwige, his betrothed, who he has spurned. I can never make up for the wrong I have done to you. Even as I must mourn your lost love, I remain at your service. And Grimaldo turns to Bertorito and he says, 
Milan, here is your king. Pay homage to your true sovereign. I don't know that I would really trust this guy. Well, Bertorito says, well, I don't want anything from you. And he says, no, take your wife, your son, your throne. And Bertorito's like, oh, okay. And he turns to his wife and he says, my love, we are out of danger. Rodolinda says, husband, I embrace you. Embrace your son. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Let's hear just a little tiny piece of Rodolindo's My Darling, Mio Cara Bene. She's very happy. She's got her son on one side and she's got her husband on the other side. And yeah. it's all worked out. It's wonderful. And at this point, Grimaldo goes to Edwige and the two of them embrace passionately. And Grimaldo says, Edwige, forgive me. My heart is yours. And he says, and this is key, let us reign in Pavia. Remember, this is the, so in other words, he's not renouncing all power. But he's like, oh, I'm going to we'll give you this. What, part. Let, you can have your other brother's kingdom. Sure. I am your husband. I will be your husband. And we will announce all claims. So the war is going to be over. And everyone is happy. Bertorito says, wife, son, sister, friends, I clasp you to my heart. Now let us celebrate in every corner of the kingdom on this happy day. May our joy be as great as our past suffering. Everybody who's still alive, that means everyone except for... Garibaldo. Right. The bad guy who has been slain. Everybody joins in chorus to sing the final song. Happy, happy ending to oh. this opera. Well, that seems like a very, very good way to end the show. Yeah, we, all, we get to leave the theater happy. Okay. Because the right has triumphed. The good people are in charge as they should be. Okay. Oh. Well, you've listened to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I hope you enjoyed our version of Rodolinda by Handel. And we're going to go out on the, the last uh, pieces of, of the music of this opera. And everyone is happy and peaceful. And it's a happy ending. 
Yeah, we'll hear our little snatch of recitative, which we really haven't played so much from this opera because they are what they call we call dry recitative. It's just a little kind bit of, of accompaniment. Well, this is short, and it is the bit where Bertarido says, "I'm happy. Let's all let's all rejoice." Okay, here it is. Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera, opera for, for Everyone. everyone.